It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Need a third hand, anybody? Oh, hey, good morning. So I hope you all had a great Christmas. I had what I like to have is a quiet Christmas with a jigsaw puzzle. It's a tradition I started last year when Louie bought me a jigsaw puzzle. She just wanted me to stay in the corner and be quiet, and it worked. And uh, so she bought me another one this year, and I demolished it. And she was like, oh, I should have bought a harder one. You're speaking again. And I'm like, all right, well, who knew? Who knew I could conquer jigsaw puzzles in just 12 months? Um, but uh, look, last week, uh, Christmas Eve with Elevate, some of you were here, or many of you were here, was just a huge vibe. So great, great, great time. Our team uh, uh, didn't get to count all of our first time guests, which is amazing. We love that, including kiddos as well. Um, so a real shout out to our teams who fronted up and did what they did. And a shout out to those of you who invited people. Some of them said yes, and some of them said, I don't think so. But uh, our role isn't to say people's no for them. And if you put yourself out there, then well done. Absolutely fantastic. Now, plus, by the way, as well as Christmas Eve with Elevate, uh, we also learned that Tom William Murphy, one of our music team members and one of our online hosts, uh, got engaged. Uh, Now, quick PSA. He told me how he did it. Guys, do not let your wives ask you, I'm going to ask him how he proposed because I'm telling you, that guy raised the bar. I'm telling you, you, well played. Anyway, and then uh, unexpectedly, uh, we had what we would call a, um, well, I'm just going to call it a a bandit baptism. That uh, This is Reese, Reese McLaughlin, music team member extraordinaire, being baptized by Andrew Pelicanos about one o'clock, Scarborough Beach. So uh, we were there. And um, just to say, Andrew dunked him twice. And I'm on the shore with uh, Louis and J-Mac, and we've got this on camera, video as well, dunked him twice. And to this day, seven days later, I'm still thinking, was that, was that because Reese wanted a double blessing? Or because Andrew knew he needed to be deep cleansed? <laughs> you'll get up when I say you'll get up. <laughs> So what a great day, absolutely fantastic. And of course, here we are today, the last day of 2023. You made it, hello. Mm-mm-mm. Now, I want you to think back to when you were a kid. I know for some of you, that's gonna really tax your long-term memory, but what did you wanna be when you grew up? Can any of you remember, just think to yourself, what did I wanna be, what was I list when I grew up? Um, the Lego company, the ones responsible for breaking people's feet across living room floors. Uh, They recently surveyed a bunch of kids. Uh, What do you want to be when you grow up? And look, most of the usual suspects came up in the kiddos list. I want to be a famous musician. I want to be a professional athlete. Some of them, I want to be a teacher. You know, just probably a few astronauts in there as well. But do you know the absolute number one thing that appeared 
on the list of responses, and I know some of you know this, some of you teachers know this, some of you parents know this, a YouTuber. Number one, when I grow up, I wanna be a YouTuber. I mean, think about it. Sit around, record your screen playing Minecraft with you speaking just gibberish. Publish it, I mean, living the dream, people. Uh, doing a makeup tutorial, publish that. I mean, who wouldn't wanna do that for a living? So there you go. If you're not if you're an adult and you're not a YouTuber, apparently you missed out. <clears throat> Did any of you ever entertain the idea of maybe when you grow up, you wanna, you wanna become a superhero? A uh, friend of ours, several years ago, walked into his kitchen and found his four-year-old son perched atop of their fridge freezer. Now, he's not the first kid to climb on top of a fridge freezer, especially a boy. Um, but he'd, he'd, he'd done the, the, the sort of the, the research uh, before he climbed up. He, he, he put a cape on. And so his goal wasn't to jump off the fridge and land on the ground. No, he was utterly convinced that purely by the addition of a cape, that the moment he launched, he was never coming back to earth. They got that he was born to fly a superhero. So, of course, thankfully, my friend walked in just in time because uh, we all know that's kind of not how gravity works. But it really, it really double clicks on, for, for many of us, when we're young, we kind of had the belief that anything's possible that we could be anything we wanted to be, that we could do whatever we wanted to do. And then we started to get older and we started to realize that when you jump off fridges, there's a reasonably high possibility that you're gonna just land on the ground and it's not gonna go well for you. And we, if not, Careful can move from I can, which is to an the answer to everything, oh, yeah, I can't, to I can't. And start to live with a, that mindset of I can't. Disappointments mount up, so that proves your theory. You know, life dings you up, so that proves your theory. You know, I can't ever get out of debt. I can't ever beat this addiction. I can't ever restore this relationship. I can't ever get onto a career path that I'm really going to enjoy and then this narrative i can't i can't i can't but as jesus followers we have access to a superpower and that superpower is that even though actually a lot of the time we can't true god can and not only god can if we start to follow that one step further we can start to experience that god wants to work for us, in us, and through us, so that the narrative starts to become, we can. Me and God, us and God, what a team. We can do this together. Now, no matter your age, you don't have to go back to your childhood when you believed everything was wide open to get a new sense of confidence of what's possible. Instead, and it's what I wanna look at today, the key lies in looking at God's promises as defining what's possible, as looking at God's power as defining what's possible. In fact, Jesus just 
kind of put it out there in a very succinct statement. I'm putting it on the screen, and, and, and we did this on Christmas Eve because I know it's busy and everyone's tired. And when I get to the underlined word, I want you to say it out loud with me because I just want to make sure you're awake. Okay, here it is. All right, so this is Jesus. So humanly speaking, it is impossible. He was teaching in this, in this context, in this exact context at that time about getting into heaven, about having a relationship with God, about having our sins forgiven, all the good things. Um, then he said this, everything is possible with God. Now, whilst that is saying that you can't get right with God by yourself, but with God it's possible, the truth lies in that second statement about every single thing that God promises is possible. Everything is possible with God. We follow the God of the possible. We follow a God who's always filled with hope and wants to fill us with hope. We follow a God who has your future in His hands and He wants a better future for you and to lead you in that direction. We follow a God who's always moving and working in our lives, even sometimes when we don't see it, feel it, or recognize it. We follow a God who wants good things for you. We follow a God who wants to empower you to accomplish His purpose. And this reality means that we actually have the right to wake up every morning with hope in our hearts, regardless of the circumstances or even regardless of the day before. Even when life feels impossible, nothing is impossible for God. And so I'm teaching this on the last day of 2023, and I wanna lean into and start declaring over you and over us that 2024 is going to be a year of possibilities. So I want to look at 2024 through the lens of a guy named Abraham, or previously known as Abram, before God upgraded his name. If you've got your smartphone camera, you can scan this flow code. It's going to take us to Genesis chapter 15. Now, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. This is the one that starts with the famous words, in the beginning, not once upon a time. So I'm going to take us to Genesis chapter 15. While you're getting there, let me just rewind a little. Back in Genesis, what's recorded now in Genesis chapter 12, God appeared to Abraham and promised Abraham, who at the time had no kids, promised him that he was going to be a, the father of many nations and that God was going to bless the world through Abraham and through his descendants. So it's like, well, it sounds good. Thanks, God. Don't have any kids. And I'm going to be the father of many nations. Sounds like I'm going to have a lot of kids. And, and, and you're going to bless me so that I can be a blessing. Wow. Who wouldn't want that? Better than being a YouTuber. So he's like, I'm in. Sign me up. Well, we get to chapter 15 and nothing's happened since the promise that God first gave him. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, look, don't be afraid, Abram. Don't be afraid of your future. Don't be afraid that what I promised you won't come true. Don't be afraid. Don't wake up in the morning thinking about what hasn't happened yet. Wake up in the morning remembering my promise to you because my promise is possible. For I'll protect you and check this one out. Hello, you can read this word, underline with me, and your reward will be great. I wonder how many of you 
maybe grew up in a church setting or maybe you've sort of just kind of formed the opinion that God's a bit more like a police officer just wanting to catch you out and write you a ticket. Gotcha. That the idea that we have access to and a relationship with a God who wants to reward us not punish us, not limit us, not titch, titch, titch. Look, son, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. So you're like, what's the difference? But we serve a God who wants to reward us. <clears throat> it changes everything. When we start to actually read about who God is based on what he's done all through history, it changes our perspective. In fact, in this very book of Genesis, when God had created humanity, the first thing he did was bless them. And then you continue reading this book of Genesis, the word blessing and God doing blessing happens more in this book than in any other book in the entire Bible. And I wonder if it was a bit of like God actually introducing himself. You're gonna hear a lot of things about me. Some of them are not gonna be true. Some of them are gonna be a bit skewed. Some of them are gonna be just flat out wrong. So I want from the beginning to establish who I am. I am a God who wants to reward his kids and I'm gonna make them promises and I'm not gonna make them promises to tease them or to disappoint them. I'm gonna make them promises that are actually possible. So this starts with us first hearing God's promises. Now, we sang a song called Speak and here Jared chimed in with exactly the point. It's not always easy because we live in a time, regardless of this is the Christmas season, we live in a time in history where there is more noise running around orbiting our personal spheres than any other time in human history and therefore hearing can be difficult right you don't believe me check this one out my three-year-old asked how long he had to wait until he could stop listening to me well I told him he had to listen to me for the rest of his life and he looked me dead in the eye and said I'll listen to you for the rest of your life <laughs> toddlers are cold-blooded man just saying well, fellas, fellas, married fellas, look at me. You know that awkward moment that you've almost certainly experienced sitting in your living room where things just go dead quiet? And it looks like this. My wife just stopped and said, you weren't even listening, were you? And I thought, well, that's a pretty weird way to start a conversation. Listening's hard, man. <laughs> Can't even do it to your wife who's in the next room or maybe is sitting on the same couch as you. How are we supposed to do it with God? Well, it, it's vital that we actually actively hear God's promises. And when we start to hear God's promises and intentionally read God's promises, we start to see stuff like this change the narrative that can be going on in our head. You find yourself thinking there won't be enough and then you stumble across or are reminded that God says, I will provide. 
You start to assume the future's ruined. And of course you start to assume the future's ruined because you've been silly enough to watch the news. And God says, my promises still stand. It's not Putin or politics or any other global catastrophes that are gonna get in the, between my promises and what's possible. Maybe you're feeling you're not safe for whatever reason. Maybe job security, maybe financial security, maybe there's a relational thing going on. And God says, I will be with you. And, and by the way, this promise of God's presence is the most promised promise in the Bible. That regardless of what anyone was going through, the most promised promise was the promise of God's presence. We'll get through this. You and me, we'll get through this. And it's gonna be easy. Sometimes it's battleship, not cruise ship. Well, sometimes it's cruise ship, but it's carnival cruise ship, which if you know cruise ships, you'll get that joke. <sighs> I have a very mixed uh, relationship with cruise ships. I like to call them COVID cruise ships now. And um, I used to call them floating prisons, but now I call them COVID cruises on a floating prison. <laughs> I didn't warn you. And this one, I, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just overwhelmed. And God says again, I will send my spirit. See, your problems don't determine what's possible. God's promises determine what's possible. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that going into 2024. I was telling the team this morning, some of you, this is to our team, and this is gonna be true, I'm sure, across a broader church today. Some of you may be today, last day of 2023, literally sitting on a promise that hasn't come to fruition yet. And my encouragement to you is don't drop the promise on December 31. Carry the promise into 2024 because God's promises determine what's possible. Our problems are temporary. His promises are forever. Your problems might not be in control, but in your control, but God's always in control. You don't have to fear the worst. You can believe the best because God's always moving to want to bless and reward you. And then there's another kind of uh, maybe overlooked piece. I mean, hearing God's promises and some of the church veterans go, yeah, yeah, okay, I know that, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then there's this one, share your dream. And, and I say share your dream in this context, not so much with people around you, although that's a risky move, but sometimes that's really helpful move. So you've got people supporting you, encouraging you, praying for you, standing in faith with you, joining arms with you. But Abram also showed us about the importance of sharing your dream with God. Like, like of keeping it current. Oi, God, oi, oi, still here, still waiting. You, you know, your kids have done this to you. You promised. They hold you to account, right? Hello, parents are laughing, yes. St stupid kids. 
And God's not intimidated by that. He's like, oh yeah, that's right, I did. Thanks for the reminder. I'll get on to that. Kids are great at this. Here's one. Kid gets asked, what are three things you want to do in your future? Uh, one, get a girlfriend. Two, kiss her. Three, rule the world. Like, all right, yeah, sure. He wrote it down. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be a teacher, you got to read stuff like this and get paid for it. Like, it's amazing. A plus for stupidity, yes. So, so we're learning that Abraham had a dream to have a son and God had promised it and this hadn't happened. And, and, and the thing about this is Abraham wanted to have a son more than anything else in his life, okay? Because in that culture, it meant even more than it does in today's culture. In today's culture, some people choose not to have kids and we're like, oh, no big deal. Back then, if you didn't have a kid, you were looked at as a third-class citizen at best. And if you didn't have a son, whoa, who's going to carry on the family name? Who's going to continue to build the legacy? This was just a cultural thing. So it wasn't just the pressure that Abraham put on himself and his own expectations. There was this layers of cultural pressure throwing around as well and it's not that Abram's life had ground to a halt while he was waiting in fact when we pick up where I'm about to pick up from he'd accumulated great wealth he'd accomplished quite a number of things and yet we find that the number one thing he wanted which God had promised by the way still hadn't happened and it had been years between the promise and where we're about to pick it up from. I wonder if some of you can relate to that. Years, yeah. <laughs> I know what that feels like. So Abraham puts on his big boy pants and gets right up in God's business and says, Oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? But then fast forward, because God said, look, I haven't forgotten. I I'm on it. I, I don't actually always deliver my promises in your timeline. Like, I'm not a vending machine or a genie in a bottle. Sometimes you've got to wait. But trust that I'm working, and that I haven't forgotten, and I haven't lost your number. So this was not God's pushback, but more God's reminder. And Abraham heard God's reply which wasn't, shut up, be grateful for what you have. It's like, oh yeah, that's right, there's still one thing on the list. Fair enough. Uh, and Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted to him as righteous because of his faith. It was like Abraham was like, okay, I'll stop telling you how to do your job. In our journey of the dreams that God puts in our heart can kind of look like this when we're kind of early in our faith journey. Like, I have a dream. And, and my prayer is, God, you'll just kind of weigh in. Like, I'd like a little bit of fairy dust sprinkled over the corner, if that's okay. A little blessing and affirmation. That'd be great. A little pat on the tush-tush as I'm pursuing my dream. That'd be fantastic. 
And, and, and sometimes God's like, sure, great, no problem. Like, great, it's not bad. Like, yeah, sure, great. You can do it, son, yeah. <clears throat> but as we grow in faith, we can start to actually move to, uh, sorry. Okay, I'll get it. Yep. We have 17 people descending on our media desk right now to show you one slide <laughs> to rule the world. Hey! Well, that was worth waiting for, wasn't it? But th this, is, this is a demonstration of what growth in our faith looks like. Where we start, we, we, we move beyond starting with, God, here's my dream. When I grow up, I wanna do this and you're gonna bless it and we're gonna live happily ever after to saying, God, what do you want from me? What do you want in my life? And we start then subsuming our dream into God's dream. It doesn't mean we drop the things that, that God's promised. Quite the opposite, we, we fold them in and we trust that within God's dream, our dreams, our unique dreams are also going to be made possible. This second uh, image is a reminder that the, the Bible begins with the phrase, in the beginning, God, not in the beginning, you. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't forget about you. He just kind of got things in the order that he wanted them set up. Now, here's a, a very uh, simple thing I wanna throw up. I'm gonna be brave enough to go to the next slide. And yes, here we go. All right, we're back. All is right in the world again. 2024 is gonna be a great year. Okay, so... This, this book, this is like a seminal book. This is like if you only read 20 books in your life, make this one of them type book. It's called The Call, duh, by the author's Oz Guinness. Now, in this book, he outlines that for every follower of Jesus, there's a primary call and there's a secondary call. Now, I'm gonna come back to them. Just hold that thought. Primary call, secondary call. He does also reference the notion of a specific call. And the reason I highlight that, and I'm not gonna spend much time on it, the reason I highlight that is that's the notion, and I'll define it in a second, that's the notion that a lot of people get stuck on. Because it's this idea that we are waiting around for God to give me a specific call to do a very specific job in a very specific setting for a very specific people in a very specific period of time. Now, God throughout history has done that, but it has been for an infinitesimally small number of people. The number of people throughout history that have received a specific call is so minuscule that it's like, it's probably not gonna happen for you or for me. And that's not a bad thing because for many of those people, their life was miserable. Because with the specific call came unspeakable adversity. So if you're like, I haven't received a specific call, she'd be like, Phew, so far so good. <laughs> so that is way, way out there in, in the outlying kind of thing. But this notion of a primary calling and a specific calling, that's something for all followers of Jesus. The primary calling is to actually become a follower of Jesus. 
to believe that he is who he says he is, to ask for his forgiveness, to, to be, have a relationship restored with God. That's the primary calling. And the reason it's primary is because that's for every single Jesus follower. What do we all have in common? We believe that Jesus is the Son of God, came to earth, died for our sins, forgive us if we ask him to, rose back to heaven and restored our relationship with God. That's primary. Then there's this secondary calling. And I think a lot of the times when we talk about calling, this is the one we're referring to. And it's to use your gifts, your time, and your talents, interestingly, to help other people find their primary calling. It's, it's, the, it's the, the Monday to Sunday gig. It's the what you get up in the morning and do thing. That's your secondary calling. Now, <clears throat> There was a time in church history, and it wasn't in the beginning of church history. It wasn't when, when Jesus was around. It was centuries later where people and the church started to slice and dice the sacred and the secular. And that notion lingers today, and it's done a, an incredible disservice to the church and to people throughout history. And this is how it started. <laughs> Some boffin came up with the idea that there was such a thing called the perfect life. And if you wanted to live the perfect life, and you could, it, it, it existed and it was accessible, the way you could do, the only way you could do that was to become a priest, a nun, or a monk. Sounds exciting, right? And that was called the perfect life. And that was considered the sacred stuff, the stuff that mattered. But if you didn't want to really do the stuff that mattered, you could live what they called the permitted life. You could work in construction, you know, if you wanted to settle at that level. You could be a teacher. You could be a stay-at-home parent. I mean, all those things are permitted. They're not bad. They're not evil. But, you know, I mean, this is the real stuff over here. The perfect life and the permitted life. And when we understand this notion of secondary calling, what you go to do Monday to Sunday is just as sacred as what I'm doing right now. Preaching God's word. And when we carry that Reality, when we, when we get that clear, we understand that when you, when you walk into that classroom, when holidays are over, sorry to bring that up, a few, few teachers here, oh no, don't remind them. When you go into that sales call, when you step into that retail establishment, when you go into that medical setting, when you go into that service business, when you go onto that construction site, when you fly out and fly in, or was it fly in and fly out? I never can tell which one's in or out. Are you an innie or an outie? Who knows? Becky, catch me up later. Um, that, that is just as sacred and God can use you when you just start opening up and say, I actually love doing this and I'm not settling for the permitted life. This is a calling. This is me. God, use me in this place. By the way, this even goes if you're currently working in a job or an industry that you don't really love. 
God can still use you. It might not be a life sentence. Probably you're like, I hope it isn't. But don't crop yourself out even being used in a setting that's not your dream setting for the season that you're in right now. God can and will use you every day. The promise is possible. So I want to encourage us as we step into 2024 to actively focus on the declaration, we can, not I can't. We can, not I can't. Now, if some of you have got two working knees and two working hips, how about you all stand up? And I wanna pray and declare something over you this morning. And I wanna actually pray and declare the very thing that was the inspiration for the coolest T-shirt being worn by the cool kids this morning. Errol, <laughs> picked a bad week not to wear yours, my brother. <laughs> might have got you up here, uh, <laughs> three handsomest gentlemen in the church. With the, anyway. <laughs> This is something that Paul wrote and declared to the church in Philippi. And, and I want to I pray it over you. I want to speak it over you. I want to declare it over you. And I want to declare it over us. So he's writing it. This is Paul, heavyweight of the early church. He's writing this to a church. And, and I believe this to be true of us and for us individually and corporately this morning. And Paul wrote, whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. <laughs> Great to have people in your life that when you think of them, you think joy-filled thoughts rather than, Ugh. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And here it is, the promise, the declaration, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. God, I thank you that the promise is possible. I thank you that the promise stands, that your word stands, and it stands until you say, it's finished, it's done. It's completed. So God, I pray that we would have the clarity, the courage, the resilience, the dedication, the trust, the faith, the confidence, all of the things that it's gonna take for us to carry unfulfilled promises into 2024, continuing to trust you and to open our hearts and our minds and our hands to more promises of what's possible because you are the God for which everything is possible. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.